In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk about how to handle dropshipping returns. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 49. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow an e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulaski. I'm here today to talk a bit about the topic of how to handle returns for dropshipping, for dropshippers, anytime where you're, as an e-commerce retailer, shipping products where it's not coming directly from your warehouse, it's coming from a third party's warehouse, what's the best way to handle those? So found an, a, a blog article actually that gave a nice outline that I wanted to kind of start with and then kind of go into each topic a little bit, um, put my own, give my own kind of comments on it. Um, and I thought it was a good place to start. So I'll link, also link to that in the show notes, that blog article. Um, the gates on the outline, which was great. So first two parts and for, let's talk about, you know, what's going on, what the issue is. So you're a dropshipper or you work with some manufacturers, that sort of thing, ship directly from their warehouse, however you want to define it. But essentially when you ship a product, it's from a third party. They have a return policy. It's not your return policy. What do you do? And this is a totally common issue. A lot of folks have this. Um, what also makes this a bit more difficult that you have to always think about is you might ship from multiple suppliers. So it's not just one, one warehouse, one supplier, multiple. So how do you handle that? And first, let's say two things. First part, we'll talk about pair, how to actually get ready for it ahead of time, how to start, and then when it actually happens, how to actually handle the returns themselves. So how to pair for it. First, talk to each supplier and learn their policy. Each supplier is gonna have a different policy, right? Where some might allow 90 days, others 60, others 30, some maybe not at all. Um, some of them are gonna have a restocking fee. Some of them, who pays shipping costs, depend. Also, that might depend on if the product was defective, if it was the wrong size, if it was damaged. There's a lot of different things. So you need to go through each one of their return policies before you even step down this road, just to get an idea of what are you working with here and what are they willing to do for you as your supplier. So once you know that, then it's important to understand your return policy. The goal here is you're working with multiple suppliers, let's say. Um, it could be simple, you're working with one. If you're working with one, we'll do the simple case first, you might honestly just want to copy the return policy. That's the easiest. Right? They offer 30 days, you offer 30 days. You know it's in that window, easy, right? If there's a return, can you take the return? It's the supply return policy? Yes, very easy answer. But what happens when you work with multiple suppliers? The goal here is in, there's some wiggle room and it really depends on how you want to handle this as a retailer and where you're comfortable. But the goal here is to try to come up with your return policy to closely merge this, um, it ends up being kind of like the lowest common denominator of all their return policies. So for example, if one offers a 90 day window and another one offers a 30, you might only want to offer a 30, right? Cut yours down so that you know any products on your stores will be covered under your manufacturer return policy. If you want to go over, now you're in that gray area, it's up to you. Um, there might be some manufacturers that offer 15 day or shorter. So 
it starts to get, once you get below 30, it gets a little dicey. So you do want to kind of think about this, think about your customers and know that ahead of time. Plus things like who pays the shipping costs. If it's just a wrong size, let's say the customer gets it, they, didn't, they just didn't like it. Does the manufacturer pay? Does the customer pay? Who pays? And you want to build that into your return policy ahead of time. So you're not dealing with that when it happens. You want to already know, customer service knows. So it, it really helps to smooth uh, the process, right? Once you have your return policy tight and you know it's going to be covered under the manufacturers. So one thing you don't want to do upfront though in your return policy is provide a return address, right? Because they might be multiple manufacturers and you don't want to tell them at the beginning, hey, you know, here's my, here's my place of business because it might not be going there. It's not always the case, right? So you don't want to provide in your return policy. You want to say to get a return, email us at returns at whatever. That way, your team, your customer service team, looks up the order number. They have an understanding at that point, which manufacturer was it shipped out from, and now let's start the process based on that manufacturer's return policy. So it's something you don't want to give them ahead of time because if it's manufacturer A, who go to a completely different place, there might even be a split order. Um, there could be five products in the order, they want to return one. So you want, this is something that customer service can need to work through. And it's honestly a bit more complicated with drop shipping just because it's not a, a one-to-one. So you do want to know that upfront. Um, you also want to let them know that they need to initiate the return. They can't send the stuff back to you and there has to be a tracking number. And this has to be like a formal policy where if you want to return this emails at tracking and what happens next, and it'll kind of walk them through it. Cause there's times where you generate the shipping label, you pay for it, you send it to them, but that has to be clearly defined. And at the end of the day, you also want to make sure there's a tracking number, right? Cause what you don't want, um, and this will happen. People just email and say, Hey, I returned it 30 days ago. Where's my, uh, refund. First time you ever talk to them, you don't even know, um, they want to return it. Oh, this is the first job hearing about it, right? You didn't receive anything. You don't know which manufacturer it came from. And some say, well, you know, it was so-and-so address on the label. I just sent it back to that. And the manufacturer got it. They have no idea where it even came from. It's just like a rip box. So you want to clearly define, Hey, we need a tracking number. You have to email us here first. This is our policy. You really want to do that front. Now, what let's actually talk about how to actually handle the returns themselves. So the first, why, why, the, why are the products going to return, right? So three common reasons. They ordered the wrong item. So wrong size, wrong color, whatever. Um, very common. And with that, typically it's the re, the, the end user paying. And you can, some people tend not, might not do this, but this is up to you. A lot of times if it's on the buyer, they pay if they ordered the wrong thing. Next, um, and this is a little dicey with the manufacturers, the item didn't match um, what they thought it was supposed to. So they said, hey, it was supposed to be this, you know, this item and it came, it's completely not that item. Here's a difficult path with dropshipping. You're not 100% sure, right? If it's a manufacturer you work with, you sell a ton of these products, you know what it looks like, most likely at this point. But let's say it's this manufacturer you haven't done a lot of work with, maybe it's some part, some obscure type of uh, product, skewed, never really sold before. You don't know actually what it looks like. So it's actually hard to tell. With that, one little tip, have them send it back to you. So that might be your quality control. First understanding, you know, is how does it look? Does it look bad? Does it look good? Should you stop selling this? Have an understanding of that. 
And the easiest way is just have them send it to you. So if it's something they're complaining, hey, this, um, you know, I ordered this microphone stand, it's really flimsy, it doesn't work well. Is that true? Maybe you don't want to sell those anymore. Maybe that is true, and that's going to be something if you actually start promoting those, you're going to get drowned with returns. And you might want to go back to the manufacturer and have a talk with them and you know, say that, but that's something that's better off if you look at it. So that's a common issue. The other um, thing, and this, this is the easiest one to handle, it's defective. They went, they tried to, you know, take out of the package, just broken their hands, complete damaged product. That's your fault, manufacturer's fault. Typically the manufacturer gonna just pay for that, right? It's um, pretty obvious. It's either man it's either product defective or it was damaged in transit. And that usually acts ensure there's some sort of UPS, FedEx um, insurance, you just a claim to be filed with them. But a lot of times they do know about that is if it is damaged in transit, the shipper needs to initiate the claim and the claim goes complete for them, there's a whole, there's a whole other process. So you want to understand, was it defective? Like you, they started using it and it just broke or was it damaged in transit? Cause that's, and you know, did it, um, I've seen that happen before the product showed up and it just got ran over by the truck and it's a, um, you know, it's half the box was crushed and that immediately manufacturer typically files a claim with the shipping company, UPS, for example, and it just stops happening, but then that's up to the manufacturer to do. So you want to understand that at least. One important thing to note, I thought this was an interesting tip here. You don't want to tell a customer this was drop shipping, this was a different manufacturer. Different. You don't want to explain to them the whole story. Honestly, it's not their problem and they don't care. Um, they bought something from you, the other retailer, they see, they see the retailer as one company, one organization. So trying to explain to them, Hey, we ship from different manufacturers, different warehouses, and don't bring that onto the mix. Honestly, it just confuses things. It makes people frustrated. They don't want to hear it. They just want to handle, they just want to hear, Hey, here's a return policy. We have you covered. This is what to do next. That's just don't bring them in to explain what exactly happened. So, um, the thing to note about sending it back is some folks do this every time. They have returns sent to them, or even just for the first time they're selling a particular product. So they get to have eyes on that product. I've also seen all returns go to one warehouse and they're all stored there and then resold from that warehouse. So let's say it's a wrong size. Um, depends on the technologies in the back end. Uh, we have some customers to do this. They then have their own local inventory and it just goes into their wear. Their inventory, maybe it's you know a random shirt, a size double XL, you're not going to sell any for the next two months, but it's fine. It just goes in the inventory and now it's sold out of your local warehouse. Cause you might also get dinged with every stocking fee and all things like that. And if you can avoid that and avoid passing it on to your customer, all the better. So some folks first have it for those reasons and also for quality assurance. Um, you want to be, you know, checking the quality of the manufacturers or the products you are actually selling, right? Where those products coming in, you might have never laid eyes on them, never had your hands on them, never touched them. You actually want to get them and understand, is this a good product? Is this something you want to sell more of? Or is this kind of a, you know, not very well-built item? Maybe this isn't something, maybe this manufacturer doesn't do a good job. It's nice to have at least a first round sent to you. So I always um, recommend doing that. And if you have a place to store them and send a few more, all the better. 
how to actually run through the return process. I thought this was good. Um, so I have a little outline here. First, the customer needs to request a return to you. So they initiate the return. Honestly, just do it something basic, email returns at your email address to start. There are some return management systems. Depends on your volume. Um, on, until you get over some pretty decent numbers, you don't even need to look into this. So unless you're really looking at tracking these and pushing them back in the inventory and you're doing some big number, big number of returns each day, just have emails, returns at, you then generate a um, return authorization number. So you give them the number and tell them what to do next. So that's the point where you make the decision and say, will this get shipped back to us? Will this get shipped back to a manufacturer? If so, which manufacturer? You might need to file a equivalent return authorization with that manufacturer if you decide to go to them. So you want to do this all front because ahead of time, you might need to get that from the manufacturer. They generate the label. They generate the return authorization number. You forward that to the user. Verse, if you're having it go, and go to your warehouse, you're going to generate the label. It comes back to you. So it really depends. You want to know that front. So this is, this is a part of the process that you want to understand. But these products, these would manufacture A, this other side manufacture B. If it's manufacture A, here's how you stop the return process. And that needs to be documented so that anyone can follow it because these are coming in at all different times. Typically something customer service handles. They know, hey, it's, they can look at the order number. It's been within 30 days. That's a return window. It's from manufacturer A. Okay, here's how to file a return with manufacturer A. You first, same deal, generate an email. Email goes out, give them the item, give them the order number. They then file an RMA return, um, this return authorization number. Send that back to you. They might generate the label but manufacturer B might have a totally different process. So you want to document that so that someone in customer service can go through that and they don't need to ask. It's not a, it's not this process of, oh, what do we do, what do we do? And we're freaking out when it actually happens. You want to know ahead of time, hey, we sold this, it's from this manufacturer. Here's where it's going, here's how to handle it. And then you have to decide, and this is also part of your um, return policy, depend, and also depends on the issue. Does the customer receive a credit does it, do they receive a new item? Do they receive their money back? And that's depends on the case. So you almost need a chart of understanding. Hey, if it's defective, you can do anything you want, right? At that, that point, typically what people say is money back, item back. We will basically whatever you want. Is it the wrong size? What happened then? Do we just not like it? What happens then? Things like that. But typically once you receive the item, the menu, or once the manufacturer receives the item, they'll let you know, hey, we received it, we're crediting you X. At that point, you then credit back the, the buyer for their credit. So you have to kind of flow through this process and it becomes something you have to track. Um, at this, there are systems that help you with this, but honestly, unless you're doing hundreds of these a month, even, Excel is totally fine. Order number, status, manufacturer and just kind of run through it in Excel, keep it in a Google doc so everyone has access to it and just understand here are the outstanding returns, here are what we're waiting for, here's the ones we paid out, here's a receipt, it was paid, here's the transaction number. Just so you understand, you know, you're not double paying people. If somebody says, hey, where was this? 
you know the tracking number, you can look that up, it's all kind of stored. And you want this to be something accessible by your whole team so that if somebody calls in also on the phone and says, hey, I returned this you know, 25 days ago, where's my money? You want to know, oh, give me your order number, great. Here's the tracking number, great. Oh, that's meant the manufacturer, but the manufacturer hasn't triggered that return yet. We'll let you know, call the manufacturer, do the same with them. You're basically, you're now their customer, right? So now you're following up with their manufacturer, your dropshipper. Hey, this was returned. Here's a tracking number. Here's the order number. What's the status? Oh, sorry. We, you know, we screwed up. Order from We'll do that today. And then you can back to your customer. So you want to track this somewhere. And honestly, unless, like I said, you're doing hundreds of these, just stick with a Google Doc, keep it simple. And that'll really just streamline the process. You keep these documents also somewhat publicly accessible. Google Doc, Dropbox, anything, where the whole team can understand. Here are the return policies for all the manufacturers. Here is the process on if you get manufacturer A, email this address, call this number, go on the website and fill in this form. There's all different um, procedures, and you want to have that mapped out ahead of time. So then when they crack open that order, understand, they just go down the flowchart, and it's the decisions are already made. And that's really the key here that you don't want to make these decisions during the return, this is the point where if somebody purchases from you, they're unhappy, something went wrong, maybe they had a you know, a vacation plan and they were planning on using this thing they purchased from you on vacation, now that's screwed up, maybe they had to run to the store and purchase another one. So something's gone wrong at this point. And the goal, if you want repeat business, is to just get this, get this done as quick and as cleanly as possible and just try to help these people solve that problem. So having this mapped out ahead of time, really, really helps with that. Hopefully that helps. Um, if you have any questions, email me at charles at businessofecommerce.fm. Also reach me on Twitter at Charles Powell. Happy to answer any more questions like this on the show. And we're bringing some guests back on next week. So hopefully if you like this format, if you like the format of the guests, let me know. Happy to do some of these. Happy to do some more guests. But let me know where it's for you. And thanks. Have a good one. Thank you.